Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey, everyone. What's up? How are you doing, ladies and gentlemen? It is Sam Whitfield, host of the Whitfield Analysis. And as always, it's time to get the show started. But of course, a few words uh, before we start the podcast. Uh, want to give a quick shout out to the Unbearables uh, community and Owen Benjamin in general. Great guy, seems like, from the exchanges I've had with him on Twitter. I want to thank the Unbearables community for uh, welcoming me into the, uh, well, I guess, our bears, pack animals, or tribe, or I don't know what it's called, but regardless, thank you for welcoming me into the club. Hashtag not a cult. Um, and uh, for the rest of you ladies and gentlemen who don't know what I'm talking about, You'll find out on the podcast. Um, anyway, a uh, quick couple of announcements. Um, in the next few weeks, I will be arranging to have uh, guests on. I know I say that ev- at the beginning of every episode, but this time it is for real, ladies and gentlemen. You got to believe me. It's for real this time. Um I'm going to be having Owen Benjamin himself on the podcast in a few weeks. He actually did DM me back today. Um, But I don't know if he saw my email address. So uh, we'll see. I I asked him to email me when it was convenient for him. So I'm I'm thinking he'll do that. But um, if he doesn't, I'll keep harassing him. He he is open to, to doing the podcast. I know that. It's just a matter of when. And uh, also, folks, I'll be having uh, one of the uh, page administrators from the well-known Facebook page, God Emperor Trump, on to discuss how Facebook has been sending his podcast um, on in the next few weeks. 
other than that, as always, you can go to AmericanWatchman.org for all of the articles there. You can go to TheSamWhitfield.com for my personal blog and for everything else pertaining to this podcast. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. It's the end of the month. Happy Easter uh, in advance to all of you. Hope you guys are having a great holiday with your families. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this during the week, I hope your week is going okay. All right, without further ado, let's start the show. I think we are. Yep, we're live officially. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live here from NGC Studios here in South Florida, brought to you by AmericanWatchman.org. And I want to thank you so much for joining me here. Tonight, let me just tweet out the link that we are officially live, and uh, yeah, then I'll get the then I'll get the show started because uh, I have a pretty interesting show for you uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, today is the last day of the uh, the month. Can you believe it? Tomorrow is April Fool's Day, although. Coincidentally, it's also uh, Easter, which is the more important holiday, obviously, with it being the day that our Lord and Savior rose again from the dead. But, uh, you know, that is kind of funny in a, in a way that, you know, two holidays fall on, on the same day. I, I'm sure that's just coincidence of the calendar, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Okay. Hold on. For, th- for those of you watching the live stream, I apologize. Uh, I'm, I'm tweeting out the, uh, the live stream link because none of my stuff is, uh, automated to do that, at least not on the end of, uh, Twitter. So... All right, yeah, we're uh, we're here, and uh, wow, we already have five, no, seven people in the stream already. So uh, we're on fire tonight. So uh, once again, folks, welcome to the Whitfield Report. I'm your host, uh, Sam Whitfield, wrapping up the end of the month. Today is March 31st. 
2018, and, uh, folks, I just have to say that the, uh, the month is flying by here, ladies and, and gentlemen. I mean, really, the, the whole year is, right? I, I feel like we just, uh, started the year. I feel like January was last week, and, you know, now we're already headed into April. That's a bit nuts. Um, but, you know, I, I suppose that's what happens when you've been productive. The year just uh, flies by. Anyway, folks, we have a great uh, show here tonight. I want to thank all the uh, unbearables from Owen Benjamin's community for joining us tonight. And I also want to thank our friends over at the Rowdy Conservatives page for promoting us and uh, sharing this live stream with us. Um, as always, you can visit the website at thesandwichfield.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to anchor.fm slash Whitfield Report. You can find the links to the podcast feeds there. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam, at SamW underscore NGC. You can follow me on Gab.ai at Sam Whitfield. And, and uh, yeah, that just about does it for all the promotional stuff. So let's just dive in, uh, folks. By the way, if you're on Facebook, you can also live chat with me and uh, give some reactions. So feel free to comment on anything I say uh, during tonight's stream. All right, so over the last few weeks on the show, I've been talking about David Hogg and the Parkland shooting uh, protests. And there were, and there were a couple of things that really stood out to me this week. And I'm sure that most of you, ladies and gentlemen, are sick of hearing about Parkland by now. I know, I know, a lot of you are sick of David David Hogg in general. So I promise that this will most likely be the last show that we do on um, David Hogg. Uh, thank you, Susan. Susan, uh, writes, you are a very composed young man. Well, well, thank you. Um, anyway, I suppose this will be the last show that we do on David Hogg, but, uh, the one thing I really want to dive into tonight is why are these, why are these Parkland school kids, um, so... Why are they in the media spotlight right, right now, folks? That That's one of the main things I want to focus on for tonight's show. And I, I covered this a little bit last week in the broadcast, but I only briefly covered it because last week was the 10-year anniversary of me doing podcasting, so that was a big deal, so we covered that. But a lot of people are sick of the Parkland school kids, and a lot of people are asking, well, Sam, why are the Parkland, why are all the uh, Parkland uh, school uh, 
Oh, it's it's former pro- producer uh, Jeff. He's actually uh, taken over the uh, the Facebook page, and um, yeah, I, for- I forgot I made it. I- I- Jeff, I forgot I made you an admin of the page, so uh, we may have to fix that. No, I- I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, I th- the reason why these Parkland uh, kids. Sorry for all the tangent tangents, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why the Parkland um, victims, I think, are so uh, recognized in the news is, A, obviously the Parkland school shooting was a very big event, and it was obviously tragic. It should not have occurred. And again, I, I blame Sheriff Israel and the Parkland uh, deputy and just the police department. They're the, they're the ones responsible for the debacle. But the fact remains that David Hogg and Emma Gun- Gonzalez and all of these kids out there, they've become big voices. Like or not, that's just the way things have gone. Now, I've tried to be diplomatic over the past month and saying, yeah, these kids have a right to speak, and I I believe that they do still. But I've also been very critical of David Hogg over the past um, few weeks, not only over his... I've been less critical of his viewpoints, more and more critical of the fact of I feel that he's been extremely um, divisive and um, not at all helping this situation. If anything, I think he's hurting something. He's hurting the dialogue, right? Last week I played the clip of him uh, being just completely foul-mouthed during that interview, saying, fuck um, Governor Scott, fuck uh, Congress, and they're going to be out of a job, and we're, we're going to put the NRA out of a job, too. The NRA ha- had absolutely nothing to do with um, the, the shooting. But, I mean, obviously, David Hogg, there are some people who have thought that he's being coached, and part of me believes that that might be true as well, but then another part of me thinks that he might be doing this all on his own. The reason why I think he's being coached is because anytime someone uh, actually offers to uh, confront him on the issue of gun control and the Second Amendment and debate him. He's always shied away from debates. I've invited invited him on this podcast for a cordial conversation. I've never heard a response back from from him. The the invitation is still open, by the way. Um, But there have been a whole bunch of young conservatives, and not even particularly young conservatives, necessarily, but just young commentators who have invited him on to have a, you know, a, a civil conversation about both sides of the, sides of the issue, and he hasn't, um, 
hasn't taken us up on the offer. And my theory as to in what way he's being controlled is I think the left really saw how many uh, young conservatives came out of the woodwork during the 2016 election, right? There used to be like a meme from 2008 to 2012, and when I mean meme, I don't mean like a graphical meme like we know now. I mean in the sense that young conservatives were kind of an internet meme. Uh, we didn't really, it wasn't really thought that we existed prior to 2016. You know, college Republicans, those were a thing of the past. Um, up until the 2016 election. And uh, with the whole babes for Trump movement and uh, just millennials for Trump, we really showed that young conservatives really have a voice here in America. And we made ourselves known through social media and through basically the power of the internet, right? So... Did you really think we were going to show up and then just dominate the internet completely? No, I knew it was a matter of time before the left decided, well, we need to find our own uh, young activists and put them out up on the stage. So I believe that after um, the, after the Parkland school shooting, they took a look at David Hogg, and they took a look at Emma Gonzalez, and they said, okay, these kids also believe in gun control, so why don't we put them up on, why don't we promote them, why don't we give them um, backing and funding, and, you know, we can, we can basically create our own uh, youth wing so to speak, for the anti-gun movement, right? So that's what they did. And that's where we're at right, right now. And because the mainstream media is pretty much in bed with the left and with the anti-gun lobby, it's not all that surprising to me that these kids are getting airtime on CNN, that they're getting airtime on... Uh, MSNBC, uh, mostly CNN, but I know they've been on a few other networks. We really shouldn't be surprised by any of this. And I have been critical of David Hogg and Emma, Emma Gonzalez because I think in a lot of ways they're acting like bullies. And as it's turned out, I guess in the past few weeks, we've now found out uh, that Emma Gonzalez pretty much admitted to harassing um, the the shooter. I'm not saying that that necessarily justifies the fact that she um, that Cruz or whatever his name is committed the shooting. I'm not justifying that at all. But what I am saying is it kind of changes the perspective now that, yeah, he was the shooter, 
But this leads back to the thing of this isn't a gun control problem. This is a mental health problem. And it's a problem of people being uh, indecent to each other. Um, in fact, let me pull up. I, I had an article here which pretty much kind of proved my, uh, which pretty much, you know, proves this. Um, let's see. Um, so anyway, so no one should be surprised that the Parkland kids, that some of them came out of the woodwork uh, in favor in favor of gun control and against Trump. We knew that was going to happen. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's just, um, You know, I, I'm not surprised. Um, now, uh, this is interesting. What a fact. This just came up. The accusation of Emma Gonzalez did not um, bully the school. Shooter. Uh, I'll, pull up, I'll pull up this. Um... Um, but I mean, the point is, the point still remains that the, that these kids are dumbly activists and, um, I don't, you know, as I've always said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mind that they're out there. I think that they're misinformed, uh, but I've never had a problem with the fact that they were out there expressing their first moment rights. Okay, now, what I do have a problem with. David Hogg has brought up the fact over the last few weeks that he has had uh, troubles, that he has had tr trouble with getting accepted into schools. And he has brought he has brought this up. And first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I, I just have to say this. I'm not really even sure why he's bringing up the fact that he's having problems getting into school. What does that have to do with anything relating the, to the shooting? Okay, why do people even, even care about his, whether or not he's getting admitted into college? Like, I, I'm sure his family and friends, you know, care. I'm sure the immediate, you know, community should care. But why, why is, why are journalists and why is he talking about the fact that he isn't getting admitted to college? Colleges, that some colleges are rejecting him based on his political activism. It's kind of 
the fact that his college admissions have become a a national uh, talking point all of a sudden, it's kind of like, so what? And that's exactly that. That is exactly what Laura Ingram was basically trying to say when she said that David Hogg was complaining. She wasn't bullying him. She was just saying that people get rejected from colleges all the time. Why are you whining? This has nothing to do to do with the shooting. And yet the media pinned this as, oh, Laura Ingram is attacking David Hogg. He, she's attacking a as you know, a school shooting survivor, and we need to boycott her and boycott her ad advertisers. Right? She she didn't say anything that con that um that contradict. I don't think she said anything that controversial at all. David Hogg's college applications shouldn't be part of the national conversation. But now she's in peril. And it's become a mess. Meanwhile, an MSNBC contributor has has actually criticized Kyle Koshov and said, I don't really, I don't really like you. Right? So Kyle Koshov is getting harassed by MSNBC contributors. And yet no one's calling for this guy to be fired. No, no one in the mainstream media anyway. Ben Shapiro has an interesting take on this. I know I've been playing clips from him a lot lately. But in regards to the fact that David Hogg has just become a, a train wreck, Ben Shapiro has made some points which I think are very, uh, you know, well put as to the whole David Hogg phenomenon. Uh, this was from Thursday's episode of the uh, Ben Shapiro podcast. Uh, for those of you watching on video, that yes, it is a video, but there are still... But it's mainly audio, so there are just photos, and then for those of you listening on the auto podcast later on, uh, you'll just hear the audio, obviously. So this is Ben Shapiro talking about the whole, basically, David Hogg and the, and the Parkland um, school activists, and how this has basically become, become a giant media uh, crapshoot. Okay, uh, cut number one, go. The fallout over the Parkland shooting continues, and the fallout from the media continues. So we've been told this story, which is that all the Parkland survivors have innate moral authority and can speak on any issue without any criticism. Now, I have said over and over and over on this program, listen to every episode since Parkland, I've said these kids have a right to speak out. Of course they have a right to speak out. This is America. When I was 17 years old, I had a syndicated columnist. But this comes with a caveat. The caveat is you will get criticized. People will criticize you. 
People will pick apart what you are saying publicly, especially when you're the type of person who goes on national television and suggests that all those who disagree with you are actually akin to child murderers. If you do that, it turns out people get pissed off. Okay, but the media have decided that any criticism of these kids whatsoever, not their right to speak, not their expertise, right? If, if you criticize the stuff they are saying, if you say what they are saying is wrong, or if you say, I don't think that they are conducting themselves properly publicly, right? if you say that sort of stuff, then you are a hater. Then you are brutal. Then you are doing something terrible. Okay, a couple of things I wanted to point, point out here, because Ben Shapiro is absolutely right about this point, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I've been doing political podcasting since I was 13 years old, okay? I've been a public figure for a long time now. Maybe not necessarily the most famous popular figure, maybe not even one with a, a, a large following, I'll admit that, but I've been out, I've put myself out there on, in the public eye. And I've been criticized by my peers. I've been, I've been criticized by adults. And I've been criticized by people four and five times my age. Okay? A lot of it either, either from the left or sometimes on the right has mostly been, you know, criticisms of my political views and actual debate points. I, I will say that. I have had a few bullies, uh, people that, who have harassed me, but even so, I've had that many um, over, over the years. I think Keith Olbermann was mainly the only big public figure who harassed me on Twitter once. And, well, I mean... I dealt with him pretty well, if I do say so myself. Um, at any rate, yeah, Ben Shapiro is absolutely right. Even if you're young, the fact that you're putting yourself out there for, you know, and saying public thing does open you up to scrutiny, and it is legitimate. So that's his first point I agree with. Uh, so continuing on. Hey, I, I don't understand why this should be the case. Really, in public life, everyone gets criticized. It's part of the way this works. And when you're speaking on issues of deep public importance, fundamental issues to American liberty and, frankly, human liberty, like should you have the right to keep and bear arms, then passions are going to run high. And not only are passions going to run high, people have not only every right, but every responsibility to speak out against perspectives that they think are bad. And I think a lot of what these kids have been saying is wrong, non-factual. I think some of what they've been saying is immoral when they suggest that Marco Rubio is akin to the shooter in Parkland. And when they say that Dana Lash is a murderer with blood on her hands, this stuff is disgusting. And I have, not only do I have every right, I have every moral obligation to speak up against it because it's gross. Okay, but that's not how the media have treated this. So CNN tweeted this out about David Hogg. David Hogg is, of course, the guy who's probably become the most famous of these Parkland survivors. Uh, Emma Gonzalez is the other one who's really gained a lot of credibility. She's very good at media. Emma Gonzalez, I think, really knows how to handle herself. David Hogg, not so much. Uh, he thinks that the, the sort of Che Guevara attitude the fist-in-the-air thing that you're seeing here is what's going to win the day, that anger wins the day. Emma Gonzalez understands that anger doesn't win the day. She's much better at this than David Hogg, just from a purely political point of view. If you're going to pick one of those two people to run for office, there's no doubt in my mind you run Emma Gonzalez, not David Hogg. In any case, 
the media have decided that David Hogg's voice is deeply important and that he should be booked on every show. So he's been on CNN a thousand times at this point. And this is what CNN tweeted out yesterday, quote, a brief history of how Parkland survivor David Hogg keeps schooling lawmakers on social media. Yeah, that sounds like objective journalism to me. Okay, we here at The Daily Wire, we're not objective. So when we say that somebody is schooling somebody else, you can assume that we're conservative. And we're saying that a conservative is schooling a leftist. Why? Because we are a conservative website and we make that obvious and known. But CNN is supposed to be objective. Does that sound like an objective headline to you? A brief history of how Parkland survivor David Hogg keeps schooling lawmakers on social media? Of course not. Well, the big controversy that's broken out over David Hogg in the last 24 hours concerns Laura Ingram. So Laura retweeted a piece that was on our website. The piece that was on our website about David Hogg being rejected by certain colleges originally appeared at TMZ. So the story did not originate with us. And it really only originated with David Hogg because he was interviewed by TMZ somewhere and he started discussing which colleges he had gotten into. So we begin with what David Hogg actually said about not getting into colleges. And there are a couple ways of reading this, and I want to be fair to him. So here's what the here's what the. OK, before we break down that clip, I mean, before Ben Shapiro gets into that interview with with TMZ. OK, I want to point out again. Really, and. and who cares what colleges this kid gets into, right? Other than him and the immediate community, like, who cares? Right? Millions of high school seniors across the country, every year, they're going through this. And this is that time of year... You know, senior year is that time of year when high school seniors apply to colleges and, you know, get accepted and get rejected. And look, I know it's, I know it's not easy. I, I applied, I applied to colleges and I got rejected from some of them, from some of them. Uh, actually back when I was in Colorado, I got accepted from, I got accepted, uh, by my first choice of schools in uh, Colorado, but I uh, wound up, you know, going to school here in Florida and, instead. But uh, even so, you know, I got rejected from schools here and, you know, I I, I had to end up going to a, to a community college out here, which, you know, is, is fine. Um, and, um, but again, you know, who cares? The high school senior, you know, uh, approved or rejected thing, that always happens to, to, ki to kids across the country, no matter what. And so why is this a big national thing? Well, it's because David Hogg has made as such, and he's probably trying to leverage his popularity to try and influence some of these colleges to, to letting them him in. And if that's the case, I'm actually glad that they've rejected him from these colleges. Anyway, uh, moving on. Dead. It's not been too great for me and some of the other members of the movement, like Ryan Deitch. We got rejected from Cal State. Uh, sorry. We got rejected from UCLA, and I got rejected from UCLA and uh, UCSD. So it's been kind of annoying having to deal with that um, and everything else that's been going on. But it, at this point, I was, you know, we're, we're changing the world. We're too busy. <laughs> right now, it's too hard to focus on that. It is. It is absolutely disappointing. But um, at this point, 
we're already changing the world. If colleges want to support us in that, great. If they don't, doesn't matter. We're still going to change the world. Okay, so. Okay. One thing I'd like to point out before we get to uh, Ben's analysis on this, and for those who are looking in the live stream, I, I know uh, looking at Ben's face, especially when it's all pixelated like this, isn't the most uh, appealing thing. I, I get that, but just focus on me. I'm in the lower uh, left-hand corner, okay? See, we've heard about David Hogg being rejected from colleges for the past few weeks, but has he ever explained to us why he's been rejected? Okay, now granted, I know that some colleges don't always explain that in their rejection letter. Some of them do, some of them don't, from what I remember. But who knows? He might not have had the he might not have had the grades to get in. They might not like the fact that he's such a political activist and, you know, could draw attention to him. Um it could be for any number of reasons, ladies ladies and gentlemen. So again, why is he tying this into the fact that this is because they're shame they're changing the world, okay? I'm a, I'm actually I never thought I would credit I never thought I would um I never thought I would praise UCLA Berkeley or any of the UCLA colleges, but if they're rejecting him because he's an activist and because they're worried about him causing um a frenzy on campus. I've got no problem with that. That is actually legit in my. They've decided to do that. To do that. Uh, by the way, folks, I just uh, I just switched my mic over to uh, my actual podcast microphone. So I've I've been doing this uh, podcast halfway through with. Um on my regular mic, so I, I apologize. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's continue on with Shapiro's analysis. His comments here could have been read in a couple of different ways. The part that you see the slash through, the part where you, the, that's cut out there, uh, is where David Hogg says, listen, a lot of people don't actually get into colleges, right? It's not super unpredictable. A lot of people in my class didn't get into a lot of colleges. There are a lot of people who can't afford to go to college. All of that is true, and for the first two-thirds of this comment, I'm actually in agreement David Hogg is handling this with class. That last comment there where he says that if colleges want to help us in our crusade, great. If not, then we're still changing the world. This is where I have a bit of trouble, because the implication is where he is—and listen, he's speaking off the cuff, so maybe it's just a mistake. But the implication of what he's saying is the reason the colleges are not letting him in is not because he wasn't qualified. They're not letting him in because of his activism, which, of course, would be incredibly silly. Right? There is no question that— the top leaders of this movement will end up going to fantastic graduate schools specifically because they are top leaders of this movement, right? Political activism on the left is not going to come back and bite you, right? It's the ultimate extracurricular activity for most college administrators. My guess is that if he had sent in his, his applications right now, as opposed to six months ago, then he would be admitted to a lot of these schools. But he's getting these rejections now or two weeks ago in the middle of all of this. It's not like they were considering him five minutes ago. They were considering him four months ago. 
They probably don't even remember seeing his application because places like UCLA get tens of thousands of applications every year. So in any case, Laura Ingram tweets out this story and we covered it pretty straight. It was pretty objective coverage, or at least uh, it wasn't politically charged. And uh, Laura tweeted this out. She tweeted, David Hogg rejected by four colleges to which he applied and whines about it. Dinged by UCLA with a 4.1 GPA, totally predictable given acceptance rates. Hey, I don't think that this is particularly awful. Anything that Laura says here is particularly awful. Do I think that it's fair to say that he's whining about it? Yeah, I think it's maybe half fair or a quarter fair. I don't totally agree with Laura's take on David Hogg's comments here. But the way David Hogg responds is what's really important here. So David Hogg responds to this relatively mild critique by saying that they should boycott Laura Ingram. Right. So he stopped. He starts immediately, immediately, like within minutes, tweeting out Laura Ingram's advertisers and saying that all these places should drop Laura Ingram. Why? For the great sin of having suggested that he whined about not getting into college. Okay, she didn't say anything racist. She didn't say anything sexist. She didn't say David Hogg is a piece of crap. She didn't insult him personally. Like, really, there, there's, there's, she was insulting his comments, right? The things that he said. He is part of the public discourse. And this is a, this is demonstrative of exactly how this game is being played now by the left. They've tried out a bunch of kids. The kids have every right to speak again for the 1000th time. The kids have every right to speak. They tried out a bunch of kids. And then if you disagree with the kids, they suggest you are attacking the kids personally. And then based on that, they say you shouldn't be on the air. And this is what David Hogg is now doing. Okay. David Hogg does not have, I'm sorry, any sort of, of moral impetus to call for a full boycott of Laura Ingram based on that tweet. She got ratioed pretty hard on Twitter, meaning that more people replied to her tweet than actually retweeted it, which is very often taken on Twitter as a sign of it was a bad tweet or something. Okay, that's fine. But boycotts? Really? And if we're really at the point in this country where you say something that's even mildly controversial and there are calls for boycotts, then we're not going to have a common culture anymore. We really aren't. Because I promise you, the right is just as capable of this as the left. A lot of the right has stayed away from it. In fact, I used to run an organization called Truth Revolt. It was, a, it was a branch of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. And when I ran Truth Revolt, one of our goals was to provide a mutually assured destruction. The idea was if the left was going to use boycott tactics in order to knock conservatives off the air, then we would use boycott tactics to knock leftists off the air. And then everybody would learn that boycott tactics are bad. That boycott tactics end up knocking voices off the air or de destroying the profit margins for, for shows that are controversial. I think David Hogg should be able to speak out however he wants. I don't think the boy, that advertisers should be boycotted for praising David Hogg. I don't think any of those things. But there is this attempt to use market forces to club people with whom you politically disagree, not because they're racist or brutal or horrible, but just because you disagree. And if that becomes our politics, the entire market basis for political discourse in the country goes away. And that is going to have a significant weakening impact on the kind of voices that you're allowed to hear. And with that, Shapiro pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, I don't, I don't see how much uh, more clear. I mean, that that's that's pretty much the best summary of this situation that I can think of. Um, and again, you know, why bring up the college application? That, things now and when, i mean ben also brought up the fact i hadn't i hadn't even really considered this until uh you know watching that that clip but then but ben does bring up the fact that m many of david hogg's applications probably went into ucla um before any of the parkland uh, event ha happened.
before the shooting itself happened. You know, which again, unfortunately tells me that he's trying to use his, uh, you know, his position as a public figure to influence institutions to do his bidding, which I don't think is, you know, moral. I don't think that's the right thing to do, but I'm not surprised that he's doing that either. Okay, and for those of you over the past uh, few weeks who think I've been overly uh, critical of um, of David Hogg, okay, let me just say this. I have been critical of David Hogg, but I have also been very critical of other young conservatives and of the conservative movement in, in general, okay? In fact, back in 2015, before the, elect, before the election, I actually wrote an article on my blog. You can see it right here on my, on my website. It's called The Flaw in the Young Conservative Youth Movement Could Be Our Undoing. And in it, I went through how young conservative activists, some of them like Jonathan Crone, Caden uh, Cowger, and C.J. Pearson uh, at the time, were all being praised by the conservative movement, and yet, you know, they were being used as political pawns, and they weren't making good arguments. Um, whatsoever. So I have criticized conservatives for using kids as activists as well. Um, you know, and I think I think what we're seeing with David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez, kind of the you know irrational, brash behavior from them. That's what we've seen from people like, like uh. CJ Pierre. That that's the exact same type of behavior we're seeing now from uh liberal activists like Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg. So uh bottom line to all us folks, they're going to f I think they're going to fizzle out here in the next few months. I would give it maybe to the end of the year, but I mean once I say this, but once the next tragedy tragedy happens, whether that be like a natural disaster or another shooting, you know, which God willing doesn't happen, but the next time some big event happens, the media is going to, you know, forget about David Hogg and they're going to forget about Emma Gonzalez. Why? Because the media always does that. They, you know, look for a cause to ad to attach themselves to, and then as soon as the conflict, or as soon as the news story story within that um, event is done, as soon as they've sucked everything out of it that 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 they can for their own use, well then it's over, and uh, they move on to the on to the next thing. So. Uh, for for all of you guys who are uh, 
sick and tired of hearing about David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez. Don't worry, I don't think they'll be around for much longer. Uh, metaphorically speaking, in terms of being on the news. Alright, uh, folks, with that in mind, I would like to spend the last few minutes of the show uh, sharing a, a skit I found online. Uh, so for those of you who follow me on Twitter, um, you may have seen that I uh, retweeted a whole bunch of uh, Owen Benjamin, Owen Benjamin's stuff. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, Owen Benjamin is a comedian who used to be uh, a, like a really big uh, deal. Like he he was a mainstream comedian. He was with uh, Comedy Central for uh, quite a long time and uh but he recently got he got he got blacklisted last year basically for coming out as a conservative and then for also saying that uh that three year old kids should not be given hormones and um should not be you know that basically transitioning kids at like a super super young age is an evil and horrible thing to do. And so he got blacklisted by Hollywood and uh now he's kinda of doing his own uh own thing. For those of you uh, on Twitter, you can probably see that um you can see his profile and uh he has this group called the Unbearables, which is basically his uh fan club. He he does he does a lot of jokes uh involving bears. And whatnot, and uh, so the Unbearables is kind of his fan club, and uh, those of us who are officially ver verified, or should I say verified, we all have bear names. So uh, you can follow Owen Benjamin on Twitter, at Owen Benjamin, and uh, he's Big Bear, according to the Unbearables. And then I, uh, I'm here. Uh, my name is. Uh, well, my, my Twitter handle is still the same, at SamW underscore NGC. But then I now have the name uh, Podcast Bear for the Unbearables. And uh, it's just a really great group of people out there. For those of you, uh, you know, listening and watching and subscribing to my podcast, thank you guys for the support. So uh, there's a quick shout out to the Unbearables. But uh, I also wanted to share with you uh, this funny skit because I think it would be a good end way to end the show. The Unbearables actually did a skit before I joined the group about uh, gun control. And this is kind of in the style of those uh, uh, public service announcement uh, commercials that celebrities time to do like to do saying uh it's time to end gun violence or you know whatever whatever the cause that celebrities are doing um whenever they say it's time to do something so this is basically like a parody of the activism commercials um it's really funny I'll, I'll have a link i'll have a link to the video along with everything else in the show but uh check this out uh this one is called it's time to listen to the children and uh, this is from Owen Benjamin and the Unbearables. Enjoy.
When tragedy strikes, mainstream media always knows who to look to for guidance. The children. Nothing says solid policy like the mind of a child. It's time to listen to the children. Because they eat their own shit. The deadly AR-15 struck again. How deadly? If you add up all the rifle homicides in a year, right here in the U.S., it's almost half as many as people's hands, or nearly a quarter as many are killed by knives, and almost a fraction that are killed by sandwich eating. The most recent shooting killed a fraction of the people who have died texting about it while driving since it's happened, but it's a scary fraction. Sure, we've listened to experts, but what really do experts know? I mean, what do I know? I've only worked for 25 years at the same company and raised three children into adulthood and put them into college. I'm an idiot. It's really time for me to listen to the children. James Madison and Thomas Jefferson are stupid. We should replace them with Alfonso from 10th grade. The past is the past. The Constitution was written with a stupid feather, not a modern pen, so it's meaningless. It's time for a change. It's time to listen to children. People have been listening to children a lot lately. What better time to change the chemistry of a child and sterilize them than when they're toddlers? It's time to listen to the children. Because if your daughter wants to take as much testosterone as Rich Piana, that should be her choice. Bear Clan. It's time we listen to the children and give them the equal rights that they deserve. Because my five-year-old son, Lucinda, he's transitioning. And he wants to have the same rights as everybody else. Because he's an empath, like his mother and his soy boy father. So when Lucinda wants to PMS, he's going to PMS. He wants his estrogen, he wants his testosterone, he wants, he, he can have whatever he wants. Lucinda gets to do whatever he wants. It's time that we listen to kids and let them play with whatever they want. Assume a child survives the murder gauntlet of a leftist abortion legislation, they will be born with all the knowledge our society needs. There are children all across the world begging and pleading for us to listen to them. And they need you to give up your guns. I don't have any children of my own. Let's listen to your children. They will hold a sign they can't even read very well in exchange for more hall privileges. This fella had to ask permission to urinate the same day he told adult professionals exactly how to run the world. This is important. Do you think we are only protesting to get out of school or something? Don't take my word for it. Here's a crying, unimpeachable victim for you to argue with. Speaking of crying, who doesn't love taking orders from a crying adult man? He cries and cries, and we should all take him seriously. Like that one time a lion got shot by a lion hunter and he sobbed on national television. That's the type of man I look to for leadership. 
Only the children would understand that Tide Pod detergents are to be eaten, not used for cleaning clothes. Gotta listen to the children. It's time to listen to the children because my constitutional rights should be subject to a young female human who doesn't even know what she wants to wear tomorrow. Because children know it wasn't the shooter's fault or the non-existent police response. It was the gun. Because the gun makes the bullets shoot and the shooting makes people get shot. Perfect and unarguable logic from the mouth of a child. America, it's time to listen to our children when we decide what to eat. Because we should all be using ice cream instead of milk with our cereal. Who doesn't trust a universal mass media team who all say exactly the same thing, despite most people disagreeing with them? These kids are showing everyone how they can count. Zero. Let's hear what they have to say about policy. If guns are responsible for the shooting, and we should take everyone's guns to stop shootings, what was really responsible for Harvey Weinstein's rapes? You guessed it, the penis. It's time for change. Life is so much better now that I don't have a dick. Instead of raping, I bake cookies. They haven't been polluted by life experience or education or making an actual contribution to society. My name is Scott Papanafiolo, and this is my AR-15. When Virginia Tech happened, I told my ex-wife, whose couch I was sleeping on, that I would gladly give up my AR-15 and forego the sacred covenant between God and man so that our children could be saved by the government. It's time we start listening to the children because they know this is an AR-15. It's time to start listening to the children. These little bastards have learned so much by closing their minds to all the opposition arguments, thereby having the wisdom to tell us all what to do. Listen to the children, because they're children. Hello, badger people. We must ban the guns. Bearded dragons don't have guns, and you can see how peaceful they are. If we ban guns, we can be peaceful. Peaceful like the bearded dragons. It's t <laughs> Folks, that was, uh, for those of you, uh, watching on the, uh, live stream or on the video archive later, uh, you might have seen me, I, I cracked up a few times there, but, uh, for those of you listening on the audio, again, Owen Benjamin and, and the Unbearables are, uh, just really hilarious and i i i haven't really seen anyone do a skit yet on uh the parkland school activist but uh this was a good one so well done and uh oh also hello to uh our longtime friend uh eric uh parish shows who decided to tune in right at the end of the show um but, uh, no, seriously, Eric, we, uh, we do love you. Uh, why did, we're, I'm just wondering, though, why couldn't you have shown up, like, uh, you know, 50 minutes earlier? But, uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that just about wraps up the show. 
Uh, oh, darn it! I did not mean to. Uh, my iPhone started playing uh, music. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I did, pr I did pronounce your name, your name right, Eric. Uh, how, how, how about that? Um, anyway, anyway, though, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, we've, uh, we've covered a lot of topics, um, and, Next week, I promise I'm going to try and get I'm going to try and get another guest on uh, the podcast here soon because I've I've been doing this uh, podcast so for a while I've had any guests on for a while and I feel like I'm at the point, admittedly, where I'm starting to uh, run thing run out of things to talk about on my own. So uh, trust me, I will get a guest um, on here soon. I, I'm actually. I've actually been talking um, to Owen Benjamin about coming on to the uh, podcast, but uh, you know I don't know if that will uh, happen here soon. Hopefully it will. We we're in discussion. Um, at any at any rate, though, I want to thank you all for uh, tuning into tonight's episode. We had a lot of uh, people tuning in at various points and dropping in and dropping off. Uh, real quick, I know I did this at the beginning of the show, but for, the, for those of you who uh, came in later during the show, you can uh, visit my website down here at thesamwhitfield.com where you can find all my links to Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, etc. You can go to anchor.fm to subscribe to the audio podcast feed from iTunes uh, or Google Play or, or wherever you get your podcast from. Oh, um, that reminds me. Speaking of uh, podcast platforms, a couple of the unbearables have told me that they that they uh, that they're looking for the uh, they're looking for the Whitfield Report podcast on uh, Stitcher. And folks, for those of you who do use Stitcher, uh, one of the old podcast feeds for the Whitfield Report is uh, on Stitcher. But when I moved the podcast feed over to Anchor, um, the other feed stopped existing. So the one that is on Stitcher right now, I don't even know if that one works. So if you try and play on... Um, Stitcher it might not even work. Uh, it might not even play the existing episodes on there. But even if, if it doesn't, you won't you won't be getting current episodes. So I so long story short, I will be uh, submitting my uh, my most recent podcast feed to Stitcher uh, since I know that that there's a demand for it. But uh, in the meantime, just subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast and. Um, your podcasts, and um, I'll be sure to continue distributing in the podcast feeds to more places as I find them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. I hope you all have a happy Easter and a great week. And from all of us here at NGC Studios, have a good night, God bless, and God save this great nation.